Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I am doing well on this Monday, January 31st, as we head into February, starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. What episode are we on? 129. All right, this is episode 129 of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Good job. Yeah. All right. So yesterday was Championship Sunday as the AFC and NFC crowned their reigning champions to head to the Super Bowl and clash helmets and see who comes out on top. Yes. Some wild games yesterday. Indeed. Uh, both of them super close. Um, and I will say one of the games is what I thought it would be and the other was not. <laughs> yes, I agree. All right, let's let's break it down for just a moment. Sounds good. Um, start with uh, let's start with the the first game of the day, as Macaulay. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow took the Bengals to, uh, to the to the promised land, the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, that was an interesting game. Uh, I felt like Kansas City had control of it early. Um, I mean, going up twenty one ten, right before halftime, they they failed on scoring at the very very end of the the first half, where they had an opportunity to get three points at least. They went for it, weren't able to get it, um, and then the clock just ran out and yeah. they couldn't do anything with it. But in that first half, they ran the ball really efficiently. They had pretty much their way in the passing game the entire time, really able to do exactly what they wanted to. Um, I remember talking uh, a couple podcasts ago when we reviewed this game of the keys to success. We were talking yeah. about how the uh, Kansas City Chiefs needed to not play flashy, but they needed to make the right plays, and that's yeah. what they were doing. They were doing a lot of the short stuff, yeah. methodical, uh, moving down the field, and then letting the playmakers, uh, when they get the ball in their hands, to make the plays that were necessary, get the first downs, and score touchdowns. And for a lot of a large chunk of that first half, that's exactly what they were doing. Their defense did a decent job backing them up, uh, getting Jamar Chase and really kind of stopping him from doing pretty much anything. And rallying around to the football and kind of holding them in check uh, and getting to the backfield and making some plays there throughout most of the first quarter. It wasn't until like the last little bit, the last drive that Cincinnati held the football, that things started to turn against Kansas City's favor a little bit where they had that big run and a couple of key catches that allowed um, them to get the Cincinnati to get that touchdown uh, that brought it within 11 points right before halftime. Uh, and then if you fast forward to their first drive, um, uh, in the second half, that's when things started to really change for the uh, the Bengals, and they were able to um, really move the ball downfield uh, well. They were getting the passes that were necessary. The Chiefs couldn't really slow them down the way they the way they had been. It, the The defense became really inconsistent, sometimes playing well, sometimes not playing well. The run games were working for them, and things started to go downhill pretty quickly. But I think the thing that really brought the Chiefs down was the defense of the Cincinnati Bengals and their offense. Offensively, everything stalled. They really couldn't get much of a uh, run game going. The passing game kind of stopped. Uh, Cincinnati did a good job in their secondary of uh, of keeping the the, the, since, or the, the, the chief players in check and kind of making sure nothing could really happen for them. Uh, and that was really big for him as well. Uh, but then also getting after Patrick Mahomes, keeping him in check and making him run out of real estate, even when he's scrambling back there. They were able to get to him, get some sacks, uh, even get a fumble that really kind of prohibited them from moving anywhere, getting any momentum going. They had to punt it a, a lot of times uh, in that second in that second half. They only got three points, which was the field goal. And then 
the overtime also didn't go anywhere because they were they threw another interception. Um, there's that key interception in the regular uh, in um, uh, in in during the the was it I think it was the third quarter maybe it was the fourth quarter when they threw that interception which ended up tying up the game uh-huh. for Cincinnati that was really when things started to go extremely bad for Cincinnati and they re- or for the Chiefs and they really couldn't get much going afterwards and then that the overtime like I mentioned they threw the interception and then the defense played more of a uh, bad. Uh, Bad defensive game plan. You couldn't really stop them. Marsha in the field. Uh, they were stopped him a few times, but it was too late. They're already in field goal range, and because they already had the ball, they did, they couldn't complain about how, uh, not being able to touch it. They touched it, and uh, they didn't get the plays done they needed to get done and ended up losing the game. But, I mean, I picked the Chiefs to win by, like, 10 points. And at the beginning of the game, that was yeah. a promising pick. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you look up, and it's uh, it evaporated. <laughs> there's a three-point victory for for the uh for the Cincinnati Bengals who have ruined two of my picks at this point I picked against them twice and they they decided that wasn't going to happen they won the game each of those games by three points exactly so maybe I shouldn't have picked against them those two times but really well played by Joe Burrow and company and I I have to imagine Cincinnati's feeling rather good about themselves for passing up the offense alignment and going for Jamar Chase because that chemistry seems like it's still there from the LSU days, and it's just going to keep on yep. building. Joe Burrow only his second year bringing his team to the Super Bowl for the first time since like 1980. So it's been a while. Maybe they can even lock up a, a victory. Okay. Well, what about the afternoon game down in LA at the site of this year's Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? Yes. SoFi Stadium. Uh, that was also quite a game. It was. It was a lot closer of a game. Um, this game actually picked correctly, which is the Rams by three. But I mean, there was, it was pretty off and on for for both squads yeah, in this it game. It wasn't like one team really dominated. It, I think uh, Garoppolo kind of was the issue for the 49ers. Um, he never got sacked, but he made bad decisions with the football. He was just letting it letting it loose, even if he's going down to the ground, he could get a firm control of the ball, and those. There could have been more picks than there was. There was at least two more opportunities for the Rams to get picks, and then there was more if if they were able to. If, I mean, they Jimmy Garoppolo is lucky enough that it bounced to the out of bounds, so they couldn't really make a play on it. But those could also have been picked off. But in this game, I mean, the 49ers offensively they had Ayuk, they had um, Kittle, and then they had Debo. Debo was really the main workhorse in this game, where he was having to take a uh, the meat. Uh, of the carries and he was having to do pretty much every for this thing for this team, put him on his back and make plays. And we've been grown accustomed to that over the last few weeks during the playoffs and before the playoffs where he has really been kind of the driving mm-hmm. factor for this team that continued. Yep. The issue with that is you need to have more than just one guy contributing to the offense and making the, all the plays because once he's being stopped, everything else kind of falls out, kind of falls off. And that's kind of what we ended up seeing is one guy isn't enough to make a win here. So they needed to, they spread the ball decently around, but it just seemed like those three guys were really all that touched the football, like the entire game. And that's something that you can't let happen. Um, the Rams also did a really good job of stopping the run game. Um, other than Debo getting the ball because Debo's not a running back. He's like a wide receiver turn running back. Mm-hmm. So he knows all the wide receiver skills and he's also can be a running back. So he can mow you over. So uh, except the exception of that, um, they did a good job there. And then also, uh, like I mentioned in the passing game, they did a decent job of get, getting some deflections. There were some opportunities for some picks that they missed. They obviously sealed the game with a pick, so that was big form. 
But I mean, offensively for the, I mean, that's really all you can say for the 49ers offensively. Yeah. I mean, uh, defensively for the 49ers, there was more there. They did a good job of getting after, um, getting after Matthew Stafford, making his life a little bit more difficult, uh, and whatnot. But it just seemed like there's not really like a, a, a time when this game flipped. It really flipped in the fourth quarter and lost eight minutes because that's when the 49ers or the Rams stopped them, got the ball back, scored the touchdown, stopped them again with the pick and ended up winning the football game. But after during the fourth quarter until that eight minutes, the game seemed like it was sliding in 49ers favor because the Rams couldn't do enough to stop them in the passing game. They were leaving guys open uh, and they were able to march on the field, even though they were making plays uh, in in the run game and trying to get to the quarterback a little bit. But when they finally were able to do both extremely well or just well enough, they, that's when things started to change for them and turn it in their favor. And that's why it really came down to just a field goal. Now, this game could have come down to more because there was an opportunity for 10 points for the Rams that they could have had. And so they could have won this game by as many as 10 points at some point um, to fi- on the final score. They weren't able to do that because one was a missed field goal and the other one was a missed open, wide open touchdown. The ball just kind of bounced off the wide receiver's hands, which is kind of a blown opportunity. But I think that's kind of the the main points of it. Yeah. Um, I I think there's just there's a lot to there's a, there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as these games. But when we do the predictions next week, I'll, there's a lot to talk about as far as what like what these what it means for yeah. the matchup between these two teams. Yep. Because the mistakes that the Rams made uh, is going to end up hurting them in the long run, maybe even the Super Bowl. So okay. we'll see. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Very good. Um, okay. But before uh, before we head out, today's kind of a short episode. There's a couple things I want to talk about relating to the uh, to the NFL. So we had uh, on, I guess it was yesterday, right? Sunday? Yes. 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 Um, all of these reports coming out about Tom Brady. That was was that Sunday? No, no, or was that, that was that Saturday. was Saturday. Okay, that was so that was before. Saturday. All these reports coming out Tom Brady's retiring and, you know, so, you know, the coverage on the NFL network was like wall to wall Tom Brady and, you know, ESPN. And uh, and then we find out what yesterday no, it was about an hour later. <laughs> okay, where Tom's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what's going on here? I I don't think I've announced that to anybody yet." Um, and so now everyone's like reeling it back. Uh, poor Adam Schefter uh, has a bit of egg on his face. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's come out and said what happened. Like, is his source bad? Like, uh, not, he just kind of backtracked on and, and just said, yeah, it's not official yet. But ESPN as, as, as a, a whole is still holding its position of Tom Brady's retiring. It's just a matter okay. of time. Yeah. So maybe Schefter had some good inside intel. Maybe and, he knew and Tom's just not ready to. He might not be ready to kind of make uh, it state it. He he's probably just holding off just because he doesn't want to announce it yet. He doesn't want to give up on football quite yet. He probably wants to wait until the very last second possible. But it just seems like it's it, it's coming to an end. I know we talked about it a little bit, but it just seems like he, it, um, things are coming to an end uh, for him in Tampa. But I I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if if the report is false and he ends up coming back for one season. Uh, we talked about it on 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 Friday, um, or maybe it was Wednesday, where we talked about the fact that Tom Brady said he will retire when he can't can perform at the high yeah. enough level. I still believe he can perform enough at a high enough level for at least one more year. So I wouldn't necessarily be shocked 
if he if he came back and if that report was was false. But I also wouldn't be surprised if that report was true and he ends up retiring later on and maybe after the draft or after the Super Bowl, whatever it may be. Um, I I think it's also the whole family aspect of his family and he wants to do what's right for them as well. And that's something that we've been hearing a lot of coming from him. But I mean, the the report that it's false comes from the GM. It comes from the Bucks. Comes from yeah. uh, his, his dad telling everyone that he has not officially retired. Yeah. Uh, decided he's nowhere close to deciding. Um, but, but has Tom come out and said anything directly? Uh, the the uh, no, I don't think. He's, I think the closest thing I saw to that was like the GM saying that he okay. has not heard from anything, and then his dad. But he has he's remained pretty silent about the whole thing. I think okay. he's just letting all his and then his uh, agent came out and said like. He he he. he uh, Tom Brady will be the person that decides all this. So wait till yeah. he says something. Okay. So well, I saw today that uh, that for the Pro Bowl, uh, Russell Wilson is going to be stepping in and taking Tom Brady's spot on the roster. Well, that makes to, sense due to in quote injury or whatever. That makes sense to, to like for him to to do that. I think I don't. I mean, even if he wasn't, the rumor for him wasn't that he wasn't going to retire and all that stuff. I still think at the age of forty four, you should not play the Pro Bowl. Right, you don't want to have any chance of extra injuries. That makes sense to me that he wouldn't be doing that. I don't know if that's something you could point to and say that 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 makes it seem like he's retiring. But I think I think what's I think the reason we haven't heard anything from Tom Brady is because he's leaning towards retirement. Yeah. But I don't think he wants to fully admit it yet to everyone. Right. Or he's like, I'm hanging it up now. This well, is like he doesn't want to come out and be like, oh no, I never said that. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, you're not retiring. And then he's right. like, Isn't yeah, it? actually, I do want to retire. <laughs> it's like a whole big thing if he says anything <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I also think the other thing is he doesn't want to fully admit that he to himself. Like if he says it out loud, it's like, okay, this is officially happening at this point. So I think there's, there's two sides of this coin, but I think the thing that we're probably going to end up seeing is him uh, eventually just saying, all right, let's just, I'm going to call it quits. Yeah. But I mean, it's been really silent at this point, as far as information coming out from, from insiders or from Tom Brady himself about any new information. So we're just waiting and seeing. I mean, okay. after all of that, it would seem like he would say something, but we'll see. Yep. All right. Well, we know there's a lot of coaching movement happening this year. Vacancies opening up. Coordinators getting a shot at uh, at a team uh, to to coach on their own. Um, and uh, I saw up there on umyasports.com that it looks like our our good friend uh, Jim Harbaugh, former head coach of the uh, San Francisco 49ers, former quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, current head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, um, and has had some success with them as of late, taking them to the uh, the, the college playoffs. Uh, but it looks like he may have some interest in the Vikings job, and is uh, is has actually interviewed for that position. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's interesting uh and in, in multiple levels but the first thing i want to say is i'm surprised that the vikings are still wait, looking for their head coach because i feel like this vikings team is just a couple weeks away from being really good uh maybe even playoff contender so i'll just put that out there but uh as far as jim harbaugh news i think it's one of those things that we mentioned it before when the rumors were where he was attached to the rumors of the raiders now they have josh mcdaniel so that's not even a possibility anymore but we were talking about how maybe it's it's an odd situation because a lot of times like urban meyer situation where he comes in from college and then tries to approach coach the nfl that doesn't normally work out with jim harbaugh he's been a coach of the nfl yeah he's a proven turned it's a proven commodity college. in a couple of ways a proven commodity in terms as of a player ability. and coach yeah to be successful as a as a coach as a head coach but he also you know has the potential to just blow up and leave. 
Right. So like it, it's like it's one of the situations where he's done both and he's had success in both uh, the NCAA and in yeah. the NFL. So it's not like he's like a normal type situation no, where they're trying to change. Bit, yeah, no. So there's like there's like so it seems like it, would, it makes more sense. Right. If this guy, if Jim Harbaugh was just a guy that's never had any success with the NFL and he's and he's just a college player after what happened in, in Jacksonville, I think not a whole lot of uh, franchises. Well, yeah, would no, even he's a total. I mean, this there, is a guy but, that took the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. Right. Exactly. As so soon as he got there, they became instant success so much better than they were before he got there. And plus, like coming off the season that he had in Michigan, taken to the playoffs for the first time in like a very long time. Michigan was even there. He's had success there. Uh, in, in that type of situation. So he knows what he does, and he competes at the highest level. He's done it before in each situation. So I think it makes a lot of sense. If he's interested in the Vikings, I think he can help the franchise become contenders and make it into the playoffs next season. I think it's that can p- make that much of a difference. And I also think that the, the, the Vikings are just a couple tweaks away from getting there. But, what like, I mean, it's just interesting with this whole coaching carousel thing that we've experienced this year. Like teams that I thought were going to take the longest time to fill are filling quickly. And the teams that are like really good are waiting and trying to find the right candidate. And they're not filling quite as fast, which is a little bit surprising. But if you look at objectively, it makes sense. So I think this, if they can get Jim Harbaugh to come to their team, I would assume they should do it and do it quickly because yeah. I think he's generating buzz. Yeah, as no, far he's as, a, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be successful. He's enough success. Now you're going to, you're going to have to deal with Jim Harbaugh. Right, of course. And there's mm-hmm. some, you know, apparently I've never met him or worked with him, but from what I understand, there can some be rumors. some some interpersonal challenges uh, that you have to navigate. Right, but that's the thing. Yeah, that is that comes that just comes with it. It, it depends on if they feel like his he can skill win football set games outweighs that. We know he can win football games. But I think if they don't go after him, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes another head coaching vac- vacancy. Well, I mean, clearly he, that means he's if he's interviewing, he's interested. He's interested, like but like he's been tied with the Raiders and then he's been yeah. tied with the Vikings. So that means that buzz is generating sure. around him. So yep. if Vikings don't get him, I wouldn't be surprised if he took a different job. Got it. So I, I think the Vikings need to jump at it. Totally. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a good Monday episode. Thanks for chilling with me, hanging out, talking some sports. Appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please tap or click the subscribe button, and that will let us know you're out there, and we'll give you access to new episodes as soon as they're available. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. We'll talk soon. See ya. See ya. God bless.